Steve Lance, your host of the Capitol Report on NTD News. If you have not done so yet, please hit that subscribe button to stay up to date with all of the latest news coming out of the nation's capital and beyond. Illegal crossings at the southern border are reaching record levels. Congressman Dan Bishop sits on the Homeland Security Committee, and we're happy to have him on to discuss. Congressman Dan Bishop, thank you so much for joining us on the Capitol Report. Thanks, Steve. Glad to be with you. Congressman, you're on the Homeland Security Committee as well as the Subcommittee on Border Security. How is this border situation affecting the security of the United States? Uh, Steve, it's a, we've had a continuing debacle for the duration of the Biden administration, but it's really getting ready to enter a phase on steroids if they go through with this cancellation of the Title 42. Uh, CDC health-based authorities for uh, as an additional measure to keep uh, the control of the border. So we're we're seeing just last month over 220,000 uh, enforcement encounters with uh, migrants at the border, and uh, the numbers that are being released in the United States continue to be unclear, but it continue to be huge. And uh, we see we're seeing large numbers of people on the terror watch list that are being apprehended. 23 at points beyond uh, between border points, points of entry, ports of entry, uh, over 40 in total over the course of the last year. We have a, it is a disaster and continue and we're going to see it get worse. Congressman, I think sometimes there's a perception that the majority of the uh, folks coming through are migrant workers. But as you touched upon, there's literally people on the FBI's terror watch list. So the, the people that are pouring through the southern border are coming from around the world. Right, Steve. And it, it emphasizes something that every American ought to bear in mind. that The border is about having a national security for the sake of Americans. That's the reason we have a border. President Trump used to say, and correctly so, that if you don't have a border, you don't have a country. And we're seeing that. Uh, you know that when we have hundreds of thousands of migrants every month, and then on top of that number that are being in, uh, encountered because a surge has been drawn to the border by the Biden administration policies, you have uh, tens of thousands of gotaways, people who Border Patrol are so overwhelmed with processing people they can't encounter, how many terrorists have come into the United States from countries, not just countries south of the border, but, uh, but as you said, around the world, uh, from China or Russia or uh, Islamic terrorists, perhaps, that seek to do us harm. That, that's the problem. And, and we're going to see at some point that our luck no longer holds out if this policy continues. Congressman, is there a point where we see some other federal agencies uh, get involved and blow the whistle, say the FBI or the DHS? Um, Wow. You, you know, you hope so. It, we've got Secretary Mayorkas comes before. Uh, you mentioned I'm on Homeland Security. I'm also on the Judici Judiciary Committee. Uh, we'll have Secretary Mayorkas before us next Thursday. Ranking Member Jordan, Jim Jordan, will lead the way. And we're preparing so that we try to get information out of the secretary as opposed to a lot of dodged questions. But yes, I mean, we're, we've got to, and I, it's hard to know where to turn to try to get this administration to meet up with its responsibilities under law to execute faithfully the law to preserve our border, but we'll, we'll keep working at it every direction we can take. Another issue I think a lot of people are trying to make ones and twos of is the recent rescinding of the CDC mask mandates on uh, public forms of transportation. I'd like to get your response to the Biden administration's attempt to appeal uh, the rescinding of this, uh, of this order. Well, Steve, it's, it's just another 
indication how out of touch the Biden administration is, how hapless, how ham-handed. You know, even the president himself said in one video clip I saw after this brave Trump judge, uh, a judge appointed, thank goodness for President Trump, uh, appointed this great jurist who said the CDC uh, doesn't have the power to impose a mask mandate on airlines and other modes of public transportation. Uh, and then uh, President Biden says in a comment, uh, well, Americans, I think appropriately so, are going to have to decide for themselves whether they want to wear a mask or not. Well, that's just common sense. And then the very next day, the Biden administration comes out and reverses course and says they're going to go appeal, have an emergency appeal to attempt to reimpose this mask mandate. And yet we've seen the video on uh, commercial airliners across the country with tears and, and laughter and cheers uh, of people uh, so finally relieved that they can fly on an aircraft, on, on a commercial airliner, without having to be suffocated by a mask full time when there's absolutely no reason for it and no benefit from it. Congressman Bishop, has the CDC given Congress any idea of what the metrics might look like that they're looking for in terms of thresholds they're trying to reach uh, when they will say it's actually time to take off the uh, masks? They are notoriously evasive about that, Steve. I mean, what I think we see is just rule by bureaucrats. They, they want the power. Fauci wants to uh, control all power and information for himself. I mean, he's not the only one, but he's perhaps the greatest symbol of it. And, uh, and it's time for that to end. In fact, Steve, I've got a, uh, a special rule that could be discharged if we get enough signatures in Congress so that we could put all this doubt to bed. And uh, I've, we've got a lot of co-sponsors. I'm hopeful we'll get a majority and force that issue on the floor of the House and force the CDC back into its corner and, and let's get this done so that Americans can get back to normal life. Congressman Dan Bishop, thank you. Pleasure to be with you. The U.S. economy is durable, but the unprecedented lockdowns that came following the outbreak of the CCP virus has presented new challenges. This combined with record spending and other challenges throughout the world has put the United States economy in a volatile state. Our next guest was former Deputy Director of the IMF's Policy Development and Review Department. He's currently a Senior Fellow at the American Enterprise Institute. Desmond Lockman, thank you so much for joining us on the Capitol Report. My pleasure. You recently wrote an article where you warned of a likely recession. What brought you to this conclusion? The main thing that brings me to that conclusion is that inflation has been let to get out of hand. So what we've got in the United States right now is the highest rate of inflation that we've had in the last 40 years. And we don't have any experience where inflation has been reduced by the four or five percentage points that would be needed to get inflation back to where the Federal Reserve wants to without promoting a recession. So there's little reason to think that this time is different. In fact, there are certain elements this time around that make a recession even more likely, namely that it looks like we've got bubbles in the stock market, we've got bubbles in the equity market, and the slowing that would be occurring in the United States would also be occurring in the context of a broader slowing. You know, for instance, the Chinese economy is slowing, emerging markets have got trouble. So when you put all of these factors together, it seems very unlikely that you won't have a recession. And that's, in fact, what the U.S. bond market is telling us. 
If in fact we do enter a recession, how might this one differ from say the one back in 2008 in terms of those elements and factors leading into this one? And how might it affect coming out of it? Hopefully it wouldn't be as severe as the one we had in 2008. And some of the reasons one would think that that's not the case is that the banks in the United States are now in a very much stronger position than they were in 2008. There's not all of that bad lending associated with subprime lending in the housing market. So those are factors that we don't have this time around. So we could expect a lesser recession than we had in 2008. Having said that, we've got a lot of financial market misallocation of capital that has occurred because of many, many years of very easy Fed monetary policy. We've got stock market prices that look very elevated. We've got housing prices look elevated. We've got problems in the emerging market economies. So my expectation is we'll have a recession that'll be worse than the normal recession that we've had in the post-war period, but it won't be nearly as deep as what we had in 2008. The Federal Reserve Bank of New York recently released results from its 2022 housing survey. According to the survey, it predicts rent increases of nearly 11.5% on average over the next 12 months. That's up from about 6.5% uh, in, in February of 2021. How significant or concerning is this data for U.S. inflation uh, forecasts? The Inflation expectations data is certainly of concern because what can happen is if people expect inflation to occur, if households expect it, workers expect it, firms expect it, then that can become self-fulfilling. You know, people expect inflation to be high. They're going to be demanding greater salary increases. Firms will feel that they can pass that on because we've got an environment of inflation. So that is what the Fed is highly concerned about, is that they don't want inflation expectations to become what they call unanchored. They wanting inflation expectations to be close to where their inflation target is, namely 2%. So when we do see in the bond market inflation expectations five years out being something like three and a half percent, that is concern to the Fed. And that is the reason that the Fed is now inclined to slam on the monetary policy brakes to try to break the inflation before the inflation expectations become embedded. And then we get ourselves into the sort of wage price spirals that we had in the 1970s. So at what point is the denial stage, if you will, um, going to turn into reality where we're eventually forced to acknowledge that we are, in fact, in a recession? Well, that would still be a while off. You know, we're not near a recession at the moment. That policy is only now beginning to be tightened. And we are getting somewhat of a slowdown, but that'll come later on when the Fed is really forced to raise interest rates, when we see the housing market cooling, the evidence will be there that things are slowing down. By Unfortunately for the Biden administration, that could very well occur just at the time of the midterm elections in November. So my expectation is we're 
going to be getting the slowing beginning now, but the actual recession is only likely to occur perhaps by the end of this year, the beginning of 2023. Desmond Lockman, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Good to talk to you. I just want to thank everybody for listening to this episode. If you enjoy our content, please leave us a rating and a review as it really goes a long way in helping us spread the truth. Until next time, I'm your host, Steve Lance at NTD, and we'll see you soon. Mm -hmm.